Brad Hewitt is about to join us now to go through his uh, huge team on Saturday night. So far, so good as far as the uh, the carnival is concerned for Brad Hewitt. Up from Goulburn, and he's online with us now. Brad, appreciate the time. No worries, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. First and foremost, uh, Rock and Marty, who just loves Albion Park, thrives on the racing up here in Brisbane. Should have he got a start in the Sunshine Sprint on Saturday night? Uh, yeah, we'd sort of like to think so, Chris. There's, yeah, most of there you obviously make a, a case for, but there's, yeah, yeah there's a toss-up between sort of a few of them there. Could have went either way, but, yeah, there's not much we can do about now. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And sports are always going to be at a premium. But uh, as I said, he's got a wonderful record here at the track. And the two runs so far have been excellent. Great confidence building victory first up. And he ran another bottle last week, running second behind Triple Eight. So he can't do much more. No, that's right, Chris. Yeah, like he ran past a lot of that field that's in the Sunshine Sprint uh, last week. And like he's had, had bad draws. He's drawn outside the second line, both starts up here. And... Before that, he'd um, copped a couple of buried tens down at an angle too. So, like you said, he, he can't do much more. He's running great races. And, yeah, just hopefully he can get into the big one next week. So just take me back. Last year in the Sunshine Sprint, it was basically a nose-a-nose margin. Copy that King of Swing, Rock and Marty? Yep. Yeah, that, that was it. Yeah, we ran, ran third that night, got held up. Yeah, had the four or 500 there. Uh, got strung up when King of Swing was sort of coming around. If you had a bit more luck, yeah, I, he definitely he should have won it, I, I thought. Mm, yeah, you can certainly make a good case for him. Surely next week, he, he won't get left out of the Blacks of Fag. He ran a cracking race in that race as well last year. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Uh, this year and, and last year, like he's just got better and better. Like He hasn't stepped the foot wrong. I know he's, he's formed sort of yeah, in between... Wasn't great, but he's had a few issues in that. But yeah, since he's been up here, he, he can't do much more than what he's done. Just said, uh, took a, a good one to beat him last week that had the cold shot on us. But um, yeah, like, like I said, he, he ran past yeah, most of that field there the other night. And yeah, we'll be hoping we can get in next week. Just a awkward draw this week. And yeah, obviously a couple of really nice horses drawn inside him, which is going to make it tough. But if he has yeah, the right sort of luck, he, he'll be thereabouts again. All right. Well, hopefully he won't be uh, stiff next week and he gets his start, his rightful place in that blanks of fake. I, I thought he was the, the notable omission for the, uh, the Garan Sunshine Sprint there on Saturday night. You've got him going around in, let's call it the consolation of the Sunshine Sprint. It's the, the race prior, race number seven. It's a high-quality race, which just underlines the depth that we have here right now in Brisbane for the Carnival. You've got gate five. It's not an easy race to map, is it? No, that's right, Chris, and he doesn't have, like, he's got good gate speed, but a couple inside him, like Firefox, obviously said now quick he come out a uh, fortnight ago. Uh, he, he led for fun, and Cruz Bromac, we all know how quick he is out too. So, yeah, over a mile with it, them sorts of horses drawn there, and even uh, Shane's horse, uh, uh, Mac Da Vinci, drawn inside the second line, he's drawn to get a, a perfect run. I thought his run last week and the week before has been really good too, so... Yeah, we're going to be up against it just from the draw. I would have liked to draw it in handier and yeah, lob a bit closer, but um, yeah, over a mile around Albion, like you know, as well as anyone, how hard it is to try and yeah, come from back in the field when you're trying to chase down top quality horses like that. Mm, yeah, it's not going to be an easy drive here there on Saturday night, in particular early, because uh, 
you sort of stuck right in the middle there. And as you outlined, there's plenty of pace to your inside. And uh, if you go back over a mile at Albion Park, you're relying on a lot of luck. So hopefully you can find a good spot for him, make sure his uh, numerical form holds up, and then he'll start next week. That's the obvious target, isn't it? The, the, the Blacks have played next week over the longer journey. Yeah, that's right, Chris. Like, like I said, he, I would love to have him in like a high-pressure ace like the Sunshine Sprint this week where he can just drive in quiet. He's always the one hitting the line. But, uh, yeah, there's not much we can do about it. So we just have to do our best. All right. Well, that's Rock and Marty. Let's talk about some of the other runners on Saturday night. In this first race, you've got the two horses here. They're drawn gates one and two. Rocking with Elvis and Ronaldo. Gee, you look hard to beat here. Both horses have really good credentials. Yeah, but they yeah, got lucky with, with the draws there, Chris. And um, Ronaldo, he, he's racing really good since he's been up here. Um, he went, got everything his own way first up when he led, which is good. And then last week they really ran along and went a, a really quick first half and he was good enough to, to hold him off. But, uh, yeah, he probably looked, looks a better chance. But Elvis is uh, drawn again. Yeah, hopefully yeah, the run on his back should be later and behind later, I'm hoping. But, um, yeah, both of them should get their chances, hopefully. Yeah, it, it looks obvious. Leader behind leader scenario. And over the short trip, uh, they're going to take a lot of beating. So uh, they both look hard to beat. So you've got good draws there in that first race. We move across to race five, the uh, the four-year-old championship. Again, you've got a bad draw with this guy, triple four. He had a, a an awkward draw last week. It's a, an absolute stinker on Saturday night, the outside of the second row. So he's going to need a lot of luck. Yeah, that's right, Chris. And yeah, he sort of he didn't race up to what I thought he would the other night. He put up yeah with a high heart rate and got a blood done, just a couple of little issues there. So I've been working on them through the week. So yeah, I'll just give him another day or two to see how he is, and yeah, we'll make him mind up what what we do there. But yeah, it's obviously a a bad draw against yeah again re- really high quality horses. So yeah, it's going to be awfully tough from there. Okay, well that's triple four. In the Group 1 Golden Girl, you've got uh, Yarram and Bella stepping out. You would have been wrapped with her last week. She was so brave. Yeah, she went really good, Chris. Like, ever since I've had her, she yeah, hadn't put a, a foot wrong. There's only one race where she probably should have won. I think it was about three or four starts ago when she led, and that's been about the only yeah, below-par run she's put in. And even that night, she wasn't that bad. She just didn't go yeah, as well as she has been or as well as she could, but... Yeah, she she's so um such a good race mare and a, a good trial. Like she's just in any race she can test. She yeah, you can lead or like test seat like she did last week or come from back in the field like she's just a, a little beauty. Yeah. Uh, she's very versatile as you said. So in saying that, have you got to the bottom of Yarram and Bella just yet? Like she's only a fairly recent addition to the stable, so have you still got to, a little bit of room to work with, with her? Uh, I'd like to think just next time in Chris, uh, she's done everything just in this one prep. Like she's gone from a like a rate in sixty odd to a ninety, and yeah, she's uh, just keeps on jumping up in the points. Even run the, the placings at every week, like she keeps on going up in grade, and she's gone from that to open mares company just in in one sort of well yeah, a few months really. So I'd like mm-hmm. to think after yeah having that for a bit and. Yeah, like, like any horse, once they get into working the system and that and get used to their routine and what's going on, like I'd like to think there's a little bit more improvement next prep, but yeah, she doesn't have to improve much more to 
what she's doing. Like she's already gone around with the best of them. So yeah, I'd like to think she she could, but yeah, in saying that, she doesn't really have to. Yeah. Well, this race sets up perfectly for you. If the emergency comes out, you're drawn behind the long odds on favourite Majita, the horse that that beat you last week. So it just looks perfect on paper, doesn't it? You just you know position right in behind the speed. Yeah, it looks that way, Chris. Yeah, I can't really say anything crossing her, hopefully, but I'll, for starters, want to make sure there's no scratching, so we are following her out, but um, yeah, like she's trying to get a good run, going to do no work out of the gate, and um, yeah, she's going to have, have every chance if that's how it pans out, but um, yeah, hopefully something comes around and there's a bit more pressure than last week. I was just happy to sit there and give her a softer run last week with uh, this week being the obvious target. So you'd like to think there's going to be a bit more high pressure this week. That no one's going to be sitting back in the field and sort of going to die wondering when there's 100,000 on the line. Yeah. It is a Group 1 race. They don't hand them out, so you've got to earn them. Uh, but Majita does look the horse to beat. Going back to last year, Gerardas, I think they went about a 52.5-mile race. You'd cop that on Saturday night, I'm sure. Yeah, that, that's right, Chris. Um, yeah, her, her and... Uh, uh, who's that? I mean, fairy Tinkerbell, like that. They're going to be those horses that were back in the field. I, I sort of can't see them sitting back and waiting for things to land in the lap. So, yeah, I, I think there'll be two that will be coming around and putting a bit of pressure on. All right. And what about the last race? Can you walk away with the last race on Saturday night? He's dusty. He was a real eye catcher last week. He's got the inside gate. Is that is that a help or a hindrance on Saturday night? Uh, to, to be honest, Chris, I haven't sort of had a, a proper look at the field, but he, he gets out good without being brilliant. But if he could, yeah, land behind the right horse, um, yeah, if, if he gets any sort of luck in the last yeah, half a lap or, or so, he's going to be hard to hold out. He, he should have won last week, only he, yeah, he obviously got held up and flushed home late and went really good. But his work's been really good since I've been up here and he's settled in and eaten and everything, but yeah, just. Of, yeah, just hope that we can follow the right all. All right. Well, he's thriving in the Queensland sun. Uh, you're a proud New South Welshman. Tell me, how much grief have you copped in the last 14 hours? Oh, I haven't had the phone on, mate. You <laughs> asked me to do this last night, and I yeah, haven't had the phone on since. So, no, yeah. everyone at, at work here this morning has yeah, been having a bit of a dig, so it's to be expected. It was, it was a good game anyway. Just wrong result. <laughs> Yeah, that's one way of looking at it. I really appreciate the time, Brad. Uh, enjoy the rest of the day. I'm sure uh, those messages will start uh, coming through now that you've found a reception again. And we'll see you trackside on Saturday night. All right, Chris. Thanks for having me, mate. There's Brad Hewitt joining us. Uh, he's one of the good guys going around, no doubt about it. Let's go straight to the champion driver, Chris Alford. He's going to be competing here on Saturday night at Albion Park. There's a lot to talk about in particular with this star filly, Amore Vetter. He's online with us now. Chris, really appreciate the time. Nah, thanks for having me on, Chris. I want to start with Ladies in Red. You've competed against this uh, star mare. She's now a, uh, what, uh, uh, six times Group 1 winner following that uh, victory last week in the Rising Sun. There's a lot of talk about where she sits now, and it's always hard to compare eras against eras. But how good is Ladies in Red, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, yeah, she's, you know, the benchmark at the moment. She um, toyed with them last week and her run was super. And, uh, 
just got to look at her record to see, um, you know, just how good she is. Like, I think she's run further back than second in her career, so uh, pretty remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. 19 wins from 23 starts, and she was second in, in the other four runs. But what about this tour, Vic, comparing her and trying to stack up her record against TaylorMade Lombo? You were the regular driver of TaylorMade Lombo. You know her better than anyone. Is she at that level yet, or does she have to prove herself at grand circuit level like TaylorMade Lombo did before we can put her in that bracket? Um, yeah, well, as you said, it's hard judging horses from, from different eras. But, um, you know, if you look at Taylor's record, as I said something on Twitter last night, she, she beat Al Servant's like Courage Under Fire in Grand Circuit races. Well, um, you know, the race last week was a good race, but it definitely wasn't a Grand Circuit race. And um, she had a good draw and did what she had to do. But, um, you know... Whether she can compete with the likes of, I know he's retired now, but King of Swing and Lock and Varad at his best, then then it'll be proven. And, you know, I'm sure she can and um, hope, hope that she gets a chance to. Yeah, a couple of handy ones that Tyler beat, wasn't it? Those that you just mentioned there, Al Savance, Lord, Courage Under Fire, just a couple of nice ones. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> well, well her big, was that 2001 when she won the Queensland Pacing Championship? Um, yeah. I can't exactly remember the year, but it was, yeah. it was a fair. I think it was the only drive I ever had at the Gold Coast. Is that right? Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, let's talk about this other star that you're up for here on Saturday night, and that's Amore Vita. You, you missed out last time out in the Reckler Oaks, but you're back here on Saturday night for the Southeast Oaks. She's pretty good, this filly, isn't she? Uh, yeah, she seems to be, um, you know, top level. She... Um, hasn't run a bad race yet and um you know uh nathan's really happy with her and and said she's settled in a lot better now than the trip and that took a little bit out of her early but um you know he's wrapped with how she is have we worked out what her best racing pattern is she's very versatile and she's proven that but in your opinion what is her best racing style um yeah well I don't think there, there's been a, an exact pattern yet, but um, she's the sort of horse that can do, you know, pretty much anything at the moment. She She's probably not the quickest one you'd want off the gate um, if you needed, but she's getting better. And, um, you know, I, I think um, her best thing is, her, you know, high speed that she can maintain for a long time when she's out the back. I think one night she sat parked in a race at Mooney Valley, uh, not Mooney Valley, uh, Melton, when she shouldn't have won. And I think the leader ran home in 54 and she was three lengths off it at the half and sat outside and beat it quite comfortably and probably ran, you know, a tick over 53 herself. And, um, you know, that sort of high speed that she's got at the finish and she can just maintain it is probably her biggest weapon at the moment. When she resumed this campaign with that Melton win, probably... You know, if she was going to be beaten, that would have been it because, uh, you know, she was probably still underdone given what was still to come this campaign. And when she won at Albion Park, she must have given you a great feel that night. The point-to-point the, the -point speed, it's explosive. Yeah, well, that night at Melton, Nathan said, you know, oh, we just bought it here instead of the trials. And I said, oh, I think the cold will probably find the front and it'll be pretty hard to beat. And he goes, oh, well, you know, it doesn't really matter. Just look after her and... Um, you know, she gave the Colt probably five or six lengths at the 1,200 and, and just jogged past him. And I thought, gee, this is pretty special. And uh, as you said, her first up running Queensland, she um, just flopped along out the back. But when I pulled her out, 
you know, she just put lengths on him in, in a twinkling of an eye. Mm. Not easy on Saturday night here. Drawn where you're drawn off the second row, full field, so you've got traffic as well. But uh, is she the standout horse in this field? Oh, I think there's some pretty good ones in it. Um, you know, the one horse, it goes really good. It went, you know, 50 at Menangle a few weeks ago and Luke's two go pretty good. But, um, you know, I wouldn't switch her for any other drive, that's for sure. Okay, so you'll be here on Saturday night and you'll be back the following week for the Group 1 Queensland Oaks. Yeah, that's right. Off the top of your head, how many times have you won the Queensland Oaks? Oh, I wouldn't even know if I have. Surely you've won the Queensland Oaks. I, that, that's a job for me today. I'll find out, but I'll be stunned yeah, if you work it out. I've won, a, yeah. I've won a few races up there, but I don't know about the Oaks. Mate, mate, I remember especially made one the gold. And, um, Did Concord yeah, Longbow win a Queensland Oaks? Uh, yeah, I'm not too sure, actually. So be for that's you to work it out, mate. All right. Now, just speaking about ladies in red and Amore Vita and the Rising Sun, We've now had the two editions of the Rising Sun. Amazing Dream won it last year. Ladies in Red won it last week. Could this be a key target race for Amore Vita next year as a four-year-old? I'm sure there might have been a little bit of thought and temptation about starting her last week. I think the right decision was made bypassing it and just focusing on her own age group races. But realistically, that's a race that is well within her reach next year. Yeah, you would think so. And the way the format is with the say the three-year-olds and the mares um, getting the advantage in the draw sure helps and um, I think that would play a major role in it. Yeah, absolutely. Your other drive on Saturday night is in the Group 1 Garrard Sunshine Sprint, Zeus Bromack. You've got the visitors draw here, uh, the outside of the second row over the mile. So you need a tempo like last week in that Mr. Feelgood where Triple Eight was able to thunder right down the outside. So that would be ideal for Zeus Bromack. Uh, yeah, he's a great little horse, and um, he never runs a bad race. And the draw, the draw is an ideal. But um, if you look at the way the the field's drawn, um, hopefully, your cast no shadow can get out pretty good, and um, if if not lead, get straight out and keep the pace on like he did that trial. He ran uh, 49. That would be ideal. And um, you know, we've got a few good ones that we can follow up and hopefully get a drag into it. You have driven Zeus Bramac previously, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I ran second on him um, in a Breeders' Crown heat and then I uh, couldn't drive him um, in the final when he won because I uh, drove Willie Go West. But, yeah, he's a you know, great little horse. Yeah, no doubt about it. And he looked sharp last week. I think they had the hood on last week and he, he ran right through the line. He was good last week in, in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, no, he, like I said, he's, you know, even um, when he doesn't, when he still performs, you know, to 100%. So, uh Whatever happens, I'm sure he'll run a great race and, and let's just hope the brakes go our way. All right, excellent. I really enjoyed the chat this morning. I'll get to work and find out if you have one of Queensland Oaks. I'll be stunned if you're, you're not on that roll of honour, but uh, I'll chase that up and I'll let you know and I'll see you trackside on Saturday night. Yeah, and if we haven't, hopefully we can change that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. She looks a, a, a great filly and more AV to really appreciate it and uh, we'll see you on Saturday night. Thanks, Chris. There's Chris Alford, the champion driver. No one's got more victories uh, in Australian harness racing history than Chris Alford. So uh, he is an absolute gun. There's no doubt about it. So looking forward to having the puppet at Albion Park on Saturday night. Let's go to the West now because there's a lot to talk about with Matty Young. He's uh, free for all races each and every week. 
they're different. And this race on tomorrow night is going to be no exception. Junior jumps off jumping Mac, uh, jumping Jack Mac to, to reunite with the champ. Chicago Bull, Magnificent Storm, sandwich right in between them. So it's going to be a very interesting race. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Uh, how does this race play out? And were you surprised that Junior picked off jumping Jack Mac to reunite with Chicago Bull? Uh, yeah. It's it's a very interesting dynamic between those three horses at the moment with Jumping Jack, Chicago Bull and Magnificent Storm. As we saw Jumping Jack won last week, the previous meeting was all Magnificent Storm and uh, Chicago Bull really put his hand up last week to say that he was back on track when he dashed home really strongly. So it has become a very interesting dynamic between these three horses and uh, junior driving Chicago Bull I think that's just more on how the race could be run. Uh, I think the early markets may be a little bit too strong in the favour of Chicago Bull because they're probably thinking that he's going to get the top, but I'm, I'm very concerned that he might not get the top in this race because Bletchley Park does like to lead, and when he does, he can run along and get quite keen. So... Uh, it is a very intriguing race, but I think Junior's made the selection to reunite with his old mate because he's going to be pretty close to the speed. If not, if the one does hand up, he'll probably find himself in front. So he's going to get a good run either way. Does the distance suit Chicago Bull more than what it does Magnificent Storm and Jumping Jack, Matt? I think uh, I think the barrier draw is what is going to suit Chicago Bull more. I think the distance really uh, plays into the hands of him and Magnificent Storm. I think jumping Jack Mack at this stage is just a little... Uh, he's, he's coming through. He's learning more about how to uh, sustain good time over the trip. He can run very good time, but he'll need to on Friday night with... Uh, Magnificent Storm, Chicago Bull in the race, and even Bletchley Park. So I think it's pretty much flip of the coin, Chicago Bull, Magnificent Storm. But Magnificent Storm, what we saw him uh, two starts ago, I would expect that he would probably win this race. But last start, I just thought he was a little on the disappointing side. So, yeah, it's very hard. They keep chopping and changing these horses, and it makes it uh, quite difficult to be able to select which one's going to win. Okay, the other side story for this race tomorrow night is the uh, return to racing. He was retired, uh, hands and wheels. He is a high-quality horse. 28 victories from 83 starts. Earnings heading up towards 700000 Yeah, it's great to have him back. Uh... 2020. So here he is out of retirement. How, how do you think he's going to go first up tomorrow night? Yeah, yeah absolutely right. It's, it's great to have him back and... Look, his, his trials have been good, uh, but as we know, uh, there's no substitute for race fitness. So uh, this will be a really good race for him to return in. Uh, it's a nice draw, so he should be just off the pace and whatever he does tomorrow night, he should improve on. But uh, it was a really sharp trial of his last Wednesday or last Thursday at Pinjarra. So I think um, I think... He's on the right track, and it's just great to see the horse looks happy and healthy, and that's all you can hope from him is that he's going to come back and race at the highest level. So, uh, yeah, whatever he does tomorrow night, he should improve on, but uh, hopefully he runs top four. That would be a really strong return if he could run top four or five tomorrow night. Okay, well, that's race five. One of the other highlights, one of many. We've got the Botra Cup race six. I'll get your thoughts on that in just a moment. But let's talk about Wonderful to Fly. 
Her record continues to get better each and every time she goes around. She's going to be at unbackable odds here in this race uh, tomorrow night. It's race nine, three-year-old Phillies race, over 2,130 metres. She's just an absolute machine, this one at the moment. Wonderful reply. And, you know, we've got a number of good fillies at Albion Park here on Saturday night. Amore Vita, not to be denied, who's gone the quickest time so far this season for a three-year-old filly. But, boy, she's a good filly, this one. She wouldn't be out of place in, in any race that she goes around in. No, I think if Shane could guarantee that uh, she she's not going to lose anything by travelling, which is it's an impossibility. It's every chance something could go wrong or yeah, it's that's the risk you take when you travel horses. He would travel one hundred percent with her. He 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 thinks that she's one of the best in the country. Um he yeah. hands down thinks that she's the best horse that he's ever trained by a, a large space and he's trained numerous group one winners in his career. So um, yeah, he's got a huge opinion of her, but just the stake money and everything here in Perth is so good for, especially being a double Westbred, is that it's just really good for her to be able to stay here, race her own sex until the WA Derby in November, and uh, then when she's a four-year-old, then he'll probably look at taking her race. But she is as good as any filly in the country, I think. Uh, over here in the West, she's. It started to get a little bit scary now because people are actually handing up to her and letting her win the races with comfort. She hasn't, she's earned that respect and she's been able to dominate. And I think uh, there's only one filly in the state at this stage that looks to challenge her, and that would be in the spotlight. So uh, she should go around at very short odds tomorrow night. She should run to the top and she should be winning again. Yeah, yeah, she's an absolute star. And I'm tipping after they uh, conquer their. Uh, targets later this year, I'm sure the Eureka's got to be a race that's on the radar for next year. So we'll wait and see, but uh, she is an absolute uh, jet. There's no doubt about it. What is your best bet on the card tomorrow night? Uh, going to the Phillies and Mares race, race seven, number one, uh, Angel in Whites. I think uh, she's been racing really well. Last start, she ran fifth, which numerically doesn't look that great, but she really held her own uh, in that 26-5 chasing home um, Lavra Joe. She's a very good front runner, loves to be on speed. I think she'll be able to get to, to hold the front pretty comfortably and from there she'll be able to control the race and, and start rolling whenever Emily wishes to do so and she should be able to win. So race seven, number one, Angel in White is my best. Okay, seven, one, the best. But it's not a bad race then when you've got the likes of Sammy Bromack and Belle Catherine going around also. Yeah, Belle Catherine returns. Uh, she might need the race run and probably has to do some work. And Savvy Bromack, she's just uh, she's at the mercy of how the races run normally. If she can't find the top, then she just needs a little bit of tempo. So uh, it could be early at least. It could be an Indian file pattern race, which really plays in the hands of the leader because if Angel and White can get away with it, pretty soft lead time. I don't think there's going to be any challenges early, so if she can get away with that soft lead time, all of a sudden it becomes just a last mile and it's about the driver being able to rate the others out of the race, and Emily can do that very well. She does it as good as anyone, so yeah, I'm expecting Angel and White to be able to get a pretty comfortable lead and then start rolling from there, and the other two would have to be very good to beat her, and I, I don't think they can. Okay, we'll take the tip. Race seven, number one. Matty, as always, appreciate the time. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, Chris. See ya.